Nerd News Now. Uh, so you're saying, so welcome to Nerd News Now, where we don't have a house band, but we just realized maybe we should. I'm with Kyle and Brainy. Brainy's um, the house band, just throwing that out. We have a house DJ, though. Well, okay, sure. Well, then go for it. But uh, I just haven't heard any trumpets coming from your Skype call. You know, can we get, if Brainy's our house DJ, can we get a robot skeleton? I know there's one that's unemployed from the old Craig Ferguson show. <laughs> yeah. You you watch a lot of TV. Do you think house bands should still be a thing? Or uh, is it just sort of like ingrained in our psyche to late night? On Corden, it's great because it's Reggie Watts who's a stand-up on his, of his own right. Sure. Um, Fallon is great with the roots. Um, I think when Fred Armisen is there with Seth Meyers, it's good. Um, I think, and as much as I love Jean Baptiste, I think the only show it doesn't work on is um, Colbert. Yeah, um, I'm conflicted about the Roots because they're one of the greatest bands of all time, and. <laughs> They gave one of the best live performances I've ever seen at Trees Lounge in Dallas. And Questlove, I think, did like a 22-minute drum solo. And then Erica Badu came out. And it was they went right. three hours, no break. So it's like, oh, they're just a house band now. But at least they're well, in everyone's living room five days a week. So You know, um, some of the guys gave an interview and talked about why they agreed to do it. And it's because most of them have kids who, like, have sports schedules and school stuff. And yeah. They're like, oh, you mean to tell me we can make as much money just being on the Fallon show as we can make touring 250 days a year? And we could be at all of our kids' school plays and soccer games? Okay. Like, we feel like we're selling out, but, like, also win-win. That's true. I mean, one of the one of the members of Foster the People basically announced his retirement uh, over the weekend, and it was because, hey, I realized during COVID I like staying home, right. and it and, and it was like that was it, <laughs> like and and no one can really. I mean, they've already been there, done that, taking Foster the People as far as they're going to go as a band. You know, uh, top right. charts on the billboards a few times. What four studio albums, two world tours, so. He was like, I've I've been around the world like literally twice, so I just want to stay home now. <laughs> right. It's the opposite of what I had during COVID. It's like, oh man, I hate staying home. And so for the last month, I've not been home. Yeah. Um, yeah, you've been out and about. Uh, how was your uh, New York Comic Con experience? I'll let you know when I'm not exhausted from it. You're still tired. Uh, well, so. This has been my so first convention was Monroe Pop Fest, which was a two day show, but it was the first convention back since pandemic. Like so, no muscle memory. We also did the cosplay contest, which was a whole big thing, and it was a night. It was crazy. Um, turn around the following weekend and did a one day show in Saginaw, Michigan, Oxi Media Con. Which was the first time I've done a show by myself ever. I always had a helper. This show I had no helper. 
um, come back, get done with that, um, fly to Baltimore for two days, get home, I'm home for four days, leave for Baltimore for five days, six days, sorry, get home, I'm home for 30 hours, and I fly to New York Comic Con. Like, there was this stretch where it was just, I, what is sleep? Sleep is a thing you do on a plane. Uh, <laughs> and in the, in the, in the Charlotte airport. Uh, <laughs> so by the time I got to New York, I was already exhausted. And then add to that walking five, six, seven, eight miles a day. While carrying camera equipment and shooting a bunch of stuff. Uh, and it's totally rewarding. And it was amazing, and I had so much fun. And I got to make fun of Donny Cates to his face with the help of Ryan Stegman, which was super fun. And I got to make fun of Ryan Stegman to his face with the help of everyone, including his wife. So, like, <laughs> you know, it that was fun. Um, got to meet a bunch of great people. Um, had a really cool dinner with, like, Philip Kennedy Johnson and... Uh, uh, Frank Thierry and a bunch of guy, a uh, bunch of Aftershock creators. Um, hung out with Jen King for like three days, which she's not here, so I'll say it is an exhausting thing unto itself because she has energy that no human should have. Like she doesn't get tired, and I don't understand it. <laughs> so I loved it. It was great. The only uh, one significant bummer. Friday afternoon, I get a text from Ming Chen. Hey, they're going to show Ghostbusters at this panel. You should come. I go running over to the panel, and I can't get in because I have an exhibitor badge. <laughs> I have the wrong kind of badge and couldn't reserve a seat. What, what kind of badge did you need? Just like... Uh, you had to have regular a, guest? like a, a guest talent or a pro badge or uh, oh. yeah, just a regular guest badge. Exhibitor badges you couldn't reserve seats in panels, um, which is just kind of a bummer. If there were room, they would let you in. Like so, I got to get into the Tony Schiavone panel. Um, is that but, when he called out WWE? He did a lot of run in his mouth, and it was pretty great. Okay. <laughs> well, I just think very specifically referencing a tweet saying when they go to head-to-head head head for 30 minutes on Friday night, they're going to win. Uh, um, I haven't seen the results of that, but it was like a weird two-and-a-half-hour smackdown. Yeah, they won. Um, one of my highlights, and you'll appreciate this, Mark, is uh, one of my buddies bought a Tony Schiavone bobblehead and gave it to MJF as a gift. <laughs> And MJF threw it on the ground and broke it. This was at uh, New York Comic Con? Yeah. MJF was there? Yep. Oh. So was Orange Cassidy. Um, Punk was there. Like, a, a lot of the AEW guys were there just low-key. I was going to say, like, like, how could CM Punk walk around if people... Like, no one must have known he was there. Yeah. It, it, no, it's like he showed up, came to the booth, like, with... Four security guards that make guys like the Big Show and Mark Henry look small. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, and they're New York security guards, so they don't even need to be that big. They just have that about them. Um, signed autographs for like 40 minutes and took off. 
Man, that would have been. I, I want to get some Marvel comics signed by him. <laughs> um, MJF was there for like two days. Wow. Um, you know, and it was hysterical. Like forty dollars for an autograph, eighty dollars if you don't want me to call you the f word in your autograph. <laughs> Which is a great gimmick, you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna charge you more to be polite in your autograph. I'm not gonna be nice to you while you're standing in front of me, but. More to you, you know, more for you to be polite. Um, so people, you know, I didn't, I didn't get to meet Orange Cassie. I got to meet MJF. Um, one of my favorite moments, and I'll tell the story on this show. I haven't told it on any other show. Um, walking back to the hotel on Saturday night. No. Friday night. Time is a relative construct, and it was Friday or Saturday. I can't remember which. And a New York City crackhead comes running up to us and goes, Guys, you look like wrestling fans. Would you believe this? Rob Van Dam is eating tacos in this taco, this taco hut right here, this little taco restaurant. I can't believe it. Rob MF and Van Dam is right here. And the dude's like face is falling off, and he has no teeth, and he's totally strung out. But he's so amped up that RVD is eating tacos. And we'll walk by, and the door opens, and it just smells like a Cheech and Chong movie would smell. And I really wanted to turn to the guy and say, I have no problem believing that Rob Van Dam is in this taco restaurant right now. But it's New York, so you just look straight ahead and keep walking. <laughs> but that was one of my favorite moments of the entire weekend. So it was, neither, it was never confirmed, though, that he was in there? Uh, no, he was in there. He was in there. Okay. Oh, yeah. It was confirmed. Okay. Oh yeah. No, that was that was a good moment. Um, there's a hysterical moment, and I'm waiting to figure out what to do with the video. I've got it cut up. I'm, it's ready to go. I may debut it Thursday night on Jen's Experience Show. Mm-hmm. Um, she dressed up like Flint, the main character from Good Boy, uh, and goes and stands in front of Garrett Gunn at his table, and he's on his phone, type type typing away. She's standing there. He's type, type, typing away. He looks around, doesn't see her, type, type, typing away. And she stands there for like a good 30 seconds before somebody finally comes over and goes, hey, man, you got a customer. He looks up, and then he just jumps. (laughs) It's one of those things, so oblivious, you know, oh, it was great. Well, I mean, we can get lost on our phones regardless of, like, the time or place. That's kind of the uh, Mm -hmm. downfall of them. There's a lot of great sides to having smartphones, but... Yeah, you get buried no matter where you are. Uh, speaking of wrestling and cosplay, did you get to see the picture of uh, Xavier Woods from no. New Day? He no. he cosplayed at New York City Comic Con as the gym teacher from Matilda, and it's amazing. You got to check out the picture. He was the Trunchbull? Yes. Yes. And it's like, I've never... I was like, wait a minute. Are, is this guy super cool? And then I started reading stuff about him, and he, he is. So, so um, when you said wrestlers were at Comic Con, I wasn't really thrown back like I might have been, you know, eight or ten years ago or whatever. No, oh no, like, and, well, and like Tony Schiavone has the comic book out. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, uh, they had a Legends of Wrestling or Legend WWE Legends booth that had both Jr. and Jerry Lawler and RVD and. So wrestling was a big part of the show, but 
No, like I said, the whole getting to interact with MJF was super fun. Um, because it was exactly the way you'd expect it to be. Um, getting to uh, meet Tony Schiavone in person was super fun. Getting to meet Jerry Lawler in person was super fun. I'm bummed I didn't get to meet Orange Cassidy. I'm bummed I didn't get to meet a lot of the a lot of the guys. But I was working too. Like it wasn't just there to be Mr. Super meet everybody guy. Yeah. I also feel like if I don't want to say disappointment, but like let's say Orange Cassidy was just Orange Cassidy in real life, then you know, you're just standing by a guy with his hands in his pocket. That's kind of what it was. Yeah. Well, I would still take a picture with him, but I'm just saying like I don't know if you're going to be having like a crazy memorable conversation no with but a like, guy like that like the way i understand it is if you went up to an ass and take a picture he would totally take a picture of you if you're just gonna stand there and just be like yeah you know and um, then you really couldn't tell if it was him or a cosplayer that would probably be like most of the picture <laughs> that's fair um so opening day of the convention and this is this is, we can move on to the box office and other things um I walk in and I see my friend Eric Palicki and I see his booth and I see that he's directly across the aisle from Ryan Stegman and Donnie Cates. And I've known Ryan for probably 10 to 15 years now. Um, I mean, we all knew him when he was just a dude doing fan art at conventions and then he got his first Marvel work like in this kind of stuff. So I walk up to Eric and I see Ryan sitting there and I kind of give Ryan a little wave. I go, dude, how are you going to sell anything this weekend? You got to be across from these schmucks all weekend. And Donnie doesn't, rec- Donnie doesn't recognize me with a mask on because we've only met through the internet. And I just see Ryan staring daggers. I can just feel him staring daggers into my back. And so I turn and I go over and I start talking to Ryan's wife, Erin. Just no selling him the whole time. Just not. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then later in the weekend, there was, you know, I got to talk to those guys more and give everybody a hard time and ask Donnie about writing his Venom is the Borg collective story and, you know, that kind of stuff. And it it just wound up being a fun weekend. Um, it was good to see a bunch of people I only ever see at Comic-Con. Um, and it was a real bummer. Uh that there weren't as many opportunities for big groups of us to do things together. Yeah. I mean, there were definitely some big dinners, definitely some fun hangouts, but like New York Comic Con has always been like this. It's different than like a C2E2 where everybody stays at the same hotel. There's a lot less of the camaraderie because everybody's got to go back to their individual, you know, places, so. Yeah, it's like, oh, I gotta go back to the hotel where Tesla died now. Right. That's right. That, that's where I stayed. I went in 2019, and I was by myself, so I didn't get any camaraderie either. I mean, I did get to talk to, have good conversations with people like Gail Simone and Margaret Bennett, but, like, when you're just a fan, that stuff is fleeting, like, one or two minutes, right? So uh, I got to meet Christopher Eccleston and talk about uh, soul music for, like, three minutes, which was the highlight for me. Um, But I also tried to jam in stuff like the Rangers opening night uh, at the Garden and a Broadway show with Daredevil and Loki and Yankees game. So for me and for me, like 
the number one thing you have to do in New York is decide what way you're going to walk on the street before you get to the street. Because coming out of the New Yorker hotel, when you're at the epicenter of all that stuff, it's like if you just stand there, you're just going to get swallowed up like a guppy. Like you just uh-huh. like a salmon, like swimming right. upstream and jumping into a bear's mouth. That's basically like you have to know exactly what you're, where you're going. <laughs> so that's that's the thing, right? Like I think Jen, Jen had been to New York before. Um, but probably not often. Uh, our friend Pat that went had never been. I've been to New York several times. I'm very familiar. Times Square does nothing for me. You know, like, that was the thing that was interesting for me is my friends wanted to do the touristy stuff and me being like, no, 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 no. Like, please don't get mugged by do- while doing the touristy stuff. That would mm-hmm. be a damper yeah. on the weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, it's but like we we took them to Times Square and then we went to this cookie place called Schmackeries, which is a really great kind of boutique cookie stop. And in order to get there, you have to walk past the Richard Rogers Theater and you have to walk past the Majestic and you have to walk past all these theaters where, you know, oh, it's it's Jeff Daniels is Atticus Finch and To Kill a Mockingbird. And here's Hamilton and there's Moulin Rouge and over there's Aladdin and Aladdin's going to get canceled soon. And. <laughs> here's the cookie place we're going to um you know that kind of stuff um hey we're gonna guys in order to get back to our hotel we have to walk past the uh you know the transit authority bus terminal uh put your hands in your pockets yeah <laughs> like that kind of stuff was fun for me to watch um but and and to eat the food, man. The cute. We had Cuban food one night. We had barbecue one night. Uh, we kept going to a, the same Irish pub. We went there two nights in a row because uh, it was convenient. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing, especially when you're doing a con. Like cons are exhausting. We've all been to conventions. They're one of the most exhausting things you could do. It's not a vacation. It's not like it's it's fun, but it's a different level of fun. Like you're so into the surrounding area, but but it's just so draining at the same time. So. Right. I, mean, I can I can definitely under like I think I just like lived off of pizza slices, which is fine because I'm in New York, right? But right. Like, well, I didn't make I didn't make any time. There was a few restaurants I wanted to go to, and I I just I cr- tried to cram too much stuff into three and a half days. So, right. Well, it's like you know we had Sunday night after the con we had Joe's, um, which has been in the village since the late seventies, and it's just. That pizza lasted seven minutes. Yeah. Like just inhaled. Um Yeah, that that's the thing. If we were gonna if I was gonna go back and I wasn't working, I would definitely try and do more stuff like that. Like uh MoMA had the Van Gogh exhibit, so you could have I could have gone and see Starry Night. But also that's time not at the convention. I don't need to go see a play. If I want to go see a play, I'll go back. Right. You know, just for that. But there was a level of, I would like to have been less convention locked in and more. I don't know. Yeah. And it, and it does get hard because, well, I mean, being from Texas, I don't get up to New York much. Right. So it's like, (laughs) so it's, it's hard to do. Um, all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like we lost Brainy at some point. 
Yeah, I don't know if his internet cut out or something was happening at the house or okay, what? But yeah, um, he'll so, He's available. Yeah, so that I mean, New York is always fun, but again, exhausting. And I, I was by myself, so I went to like game. I can't remember if it was one or two of the uh, ALDS against the Twins in 2019 and rode the subway to the Bronx by myself and back and all that. So talk about hands in your pockets. Well, and that's an experience that you need to have, right? It's like Mm -hmm. my friend Pat had never been. I'm like, dude, just go, go down to, to ground zero, go down and get on the, get on the Staten Island ferry and ride the ferry across to Staten Island and look at the Statue of Liberty and then just ride it back. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Just do it. You know, that kind of, and, well, you know, like there are experiences like that, like getting on the train and riding it down to the Bronx to go to, you know, go to Yankee Stadium or whatever, that I have no desire, I have no need to do, I've done. Yeah. You know. I just, uh, I don't get out much. Uh, Brainy and I I didn't get to go to New York Comic Con, so... Uh, I think like the the farthest away I've gone from my house in like a month is like five miles to work or something. But Rainy, uh, what have you been up to this week? <laughs> I'm trying to see if I can top anything Kyle did, and I, I just can't. I mean, we can't. Like, it's fine. We well, can move on I from mean, it. But like, we didn't I, talk about the weekend before in Baltimore, right at thirty ounce prime rib. Well, and and also, so Brainy, do you do you do conventions? Do you ever have tables at conventions for your store? Um, I haven't done one. Of course, uh, especially since the pandemic, we used to do a local one for quite some time, and it's primarily promote. It was more to promote than it was to sell. Dang, that's pretty nice. Um, but beyond that, you know, we for us, it's also always been a staffing issue. You know, we just can't staff. Uh, as much as we need um so it, it's we don't do very many conventions at all and, and i'm not sure if we'll get back into it possibly maybe i don't know yet i i think with like internet cells and stuff i don't know i mean like i i could definitely see you hitting a certain audience at conventions um especially if you had kind of what was hot what people were looking for but i guess my question to both of you is and i guess kyle did this two weeks ago but like how do you have a convention or be be you know a, a retailer at a convention with only one person. Like, what is that? I mean, can you just never go to the bathroom? <laughs> no, like it's got to be a small. I think it's got to be a small convention. I don't know how guys do big shows by themselves. It would terrify me. Um, so Oxide MediaCon was, you know, eight hundred people. Um, I'm doing Cherry Capital Comic Con. Kind of by myself. I have a little bit of help, but it's just got to be a small convention. It's got to be someplace where you know you can control the situation. Yeah, see, I'm not. I'm... Rainy, is your background animated? Yes. Punk. <laughs> is it tripping you out? A little bit. I thought I was. I thought I was having a stroke for a second as I'm watching things. <laughs> oh, I can I tell? Show. When is this weekend? You watch what? 
I watched Black Widow this weekend. I'm sorry. I think it's great. That's fine. I'm glad you watched it. <laughs> oh, can I can I talk about something else that I did during my whirlwind trips? Yeah. Um, we went to the Flight 93 Memorial mm-hmm. uh, in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, uh, which is something that's a little off the beaten path. Um, you know, but it's something that I just want to put this out there to anybody. If you're in rural, you know, east or western Pennsylvania, stop and check it out. Um, I it, it's the word I'm going to use is cool, but you know what I mean when I say it's cool. It's it's a really well thought out national park. It's a beautiful tribute. It's all this kind of stuff. It's definitely something worth visiting if you have the chance. Uh, and I'm sure it's a very moving and emotional experience, especially for anyone who knew anyone that was on that flight. But just Absolutely. but just also for what, you know, how worse it could have been. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like. And it's weird seeing that and then and ground zero, you know, we're talking. You know, 30, well, 48 hours apart. So, yeah. Because you can see Ground Zero as you fly into LaGuardia. And it's a really weird kind of thing to be looking out your window being like, yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. So. That was 20 years ago, man. Mm-hmm. I was 13. And you're, what, 70 right now? <laughs> yes, yes. 70, 75, yes. So... Uh, but back on the normal topics we talk about, um, I also I saw Venom, but I also saw James Bond this weekend. And what were your thoughts on James Bond, just real quick? Um, top four James Bond movies of all time for certain. Uh, maybe my favorite James Bond movie ever. I'm going to have to uh, rewatch Doctor No and Goldfinger. To confirm that, um, and I don't want to admit I'm going to have to watch Skyfall because I know Skyfall is either third or fourth. Yeah, where do you put uh, Casino Royale? Um, low. Low. Okay. I was just curious. I I've never seen it. I like the two Daniel Craig's. I've seen them in um, Skyfall's probably my favorite bond movie but you know just i've only seen eight like eight bond movies well so. for the longest time i was a sean connery or nothing kind of guy um because all i had seen were the sean connery movies and the pierce brosnan one uh, <laughs> then i you know it broadened those horizons it was like oh okay I understand this now. Yeah. So. And I think the Pierce Brosnan ones, like, and, and I'm not, I don't mean this tongue in cheek or anything like that. They have a lot going for them historically because of the N64 games that were out. Like, people love, like, they love those games. 
GoldenEye is still one of the best games made, man. Yeah, like yeah. They, like, they're always, you know, like, uh, Nintendo has been doing the, the retro systems that plug in with HDMI right to your TV. They've done the, the NES, and they did Super Nintendo. And there's been rumors for a while of N64, but, like, they can't do licensed games. So I think that maybe they're waiting until somehow... Because I just see... If you came out with an N64 console and it had like 20 Gold games and, on it. and GoldenEye wasn't on it, people would be like, what's the point? And neither was this? like Smash. Yeah, well, that one would be on there, I would think. Because that's... Yeah. I mean, even though there's multi-companies involved, it's still a Nintendo game. But yeah, I mean like... Like, there's no Turtles game on the NES and stuff, even though that the first Ninja Turtles on NES is per- pretty torturous. Uh, somehow I uh, I beat that game. And that's like, that and beating the, the NES version of Jaws are my two greatest video gaming accomplishments. <laughs> so, uh, I'm assuming you guys didn't hear about the Nintendo Online Expansion Pack, which will include games from Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis. So we're, you know, there there are rumors there's gonna be Goldeneye coming down into there. So we'll see. We'll see. If that... I mean, I would definitely pay whatever license fee you had to pay because it would just be silly not to have it. Like people are just gonna be clamoring for it anyway. From so... what I hear, it is uh, forty nine ninety nine per year for an individual subscription, or eighty dollars for a shared family membership for a year. That's a huge jump from the current uh, plan. Oh, I don't know. I uh, I sold my console two years ago to pay a diamond bill, mm-hmm. and uh, I have no video game console except for my iPad, which I primarily use to play cribbage online. Um, so I'm not sure I still have the skills required to beat Goldeneye because that game was hard. That game was. It was. In fact, all um, games back then were much harder than they are nowadays. Uh, they, you know, um, in fact, one of the games that really bugs me that we never got to finish was Fester's Quest on the original Nintendo game. Oh my gosh, no, that and, was impossible, right? Uh, it, it, games nowadays will never compare to games like that. Well, also, licensed games are notoriously difficult. Like, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was, like, the programming or just they knew, like, oh, this is a really bad game. It's impossible. And then someone else was like, well, you know, we were just paid to make an Adam's Family game. Can you just, like, put a Fester skin on them and be done with it? Okay. Like, I mean, that's, like, I just feel, like, if you ever played, the the, the worst is uh, Total Recall. The Total Recall Nintendo game by far the worst. I love to go on YouTube and find angry video game nerd, and he's like done just expletive laden bashings, like sometimes twenty minutes of all of these. And what's great is like he's so big now, as uh, or has been so big that he's able to. What's the the name of the the head of Troma Troma Films? Like he's played the Toxic Avengers games with oh. the Troma Films guy. Um, uh, Lloyd Toxic Kaufman. Avenger. Lloyd, yeah, Lloyd Kaufman, and uh, and also he's played all the Home Alone, Nintendo and Game Boy games with Macaulay Culkin, and so those videos are fantastic. But like he just, yeah, he Somebody gets all the rage out for all of us. Hmm? Somebody sent me a meme the other day of Macaulay Culkin with a cock gun, 
And it said Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. And I basically quit the internet for two whole days. Yeah. Just couldn't even. Yeah, I think it's no, and, and the thing people don't remember about those games that I vividly remember because of the trauma is that was pre-save screen. Like, GoldenEye, you just had to play it. Like, you couldn't save. You just had to go. I thought they did have a well. You had to reach a marker or whatever. Well, and you had to have you had to have a certain amount of affluence to be able to afford the little card to put in it to save it. Yes. And I never had that. <laughs> well, you, know. you could still have disasters, like even like even with older systems like Nintendo. If you put it on the ground and your sibling came bounding in and hit the ground too hard, it would like pop the cartridge up and reset uh-huh. it. It's like a blue or yellow screen. And, uh, yeah. And I remember when the PlayStation first came out playing Resident Evil for the first time. Like, I rented a console from Blockbuster and the Resident Evil game, but they don't give you a memory card. So, yeah, you got to play it for nine hours straight and then not know where you're even at. Do you, you, you guys... Wow. Do you guys remember the year that Harbaugh versus Harbaugh was the Super Bowl? Yeah. It was the 49ers versus the Ravens? And they had the whole lights go out thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, some the favorite, the only thing I remember about it was the meme, where it was Jim or John Harbaugh had kicked the plug out of the N sixty four right before his brother had got his high score, and that's what happened to the lights. Yeah, <laughs> this is like when you try almost, and I almost beat your Mario high score. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. It's the same tactics. I think this is the most we've ever talked about video games. And there was some video game news out of Fandome. Did anyone watch Fandome at all? No, yeah. it's the dumbest name ever. Either be Fandom or be nothing. <laughs> Unless so you're DC Fandom to some sort of actual dome I yeah. can enter. Like it's the Simpsons movie and they put the glass dome around Springfield. I am not interested. Or the really bad, uh, unfortunately... Um, I think the head writer was Brian K. Showed Bond, the dome. The dome. Oh, man. Yikes. Yeah. That was bad. That was real bad. But uh, And I think somehow I had a season two, but I'm not sure. But anyway, at the DC fandom, I think the most notable thing to come out of that was this Batman trailer. Because I saw it, and it makes me go, oh, wait, Batman's good. Because I just, I just get, I get Batmaned out. Like, I'm a Marvel guy. Uh, when you know, but I do a DC podcast, Birds of Prey. But whenever he shows up in that, he's just a, a pompous jerk. And then like they did the Killing Joke animated movie that like did Batgirl even worse somehow than the original graphic novel, and he's a jerk the whole time. I mean, and so I'm just not a huge Batman fan. But seeing Robert Pattinson as Batman and me wanting to see it, like if you would have told me nine years ago Robert Pattinson was gonna be Batman, I'd be like, well, that's a joke. But then. I saw the black and white movie um, with him and Willem Dafoe, the, the Lighthouse, and I'm like, yeah, that guy's gonna be a great Batman. And then I see this trailer, and it's like, that guy's gonna be a great Batman, and Paul Dano is gonna be an awesome Riddler. That's more information than I knew, cared to know, or wanted to know. Okay, and, and Brainy, what about you? Do you like Batman? Because Kyle doesn't. 
Um, well, it, I know I love Batman, but I don't watch trailers. I don't learn anything about these movies until I go to see them. Okay. Because when I do, I inevitably come out of the movies screaming and yelling and asking for my money back. Well, that's why you are not a fan of fandom, because all they do is show trailers. Oh, that name is terrible. <laughs> well, that too. Uh, outside of Pumpkin, is there anything else Kyle likes? Um, I really did like Shang-Chi. I still haven't watched that. I gotta watch that one day. I'm I'm with you, Brainy. Though I got I'm waiting for the digital release. So, and I'll probably I think the first movie I'll probably go and brave the theaters for is Spider Man, just because I just can't wait. And I really do want to see Eternals, but I really wish I could just pay twenty bucks and watch it at home. You know, I'm I'm in that same kind of boat, Mark. Um, I keep going to the theater, but I'm going to the small sort of removed from civilization theater yeah. in the dying mall uh where you know like i said we saw venom me and a friend two tickets for venom two large popcorns two pops and two candies for 30 bucks yeah it can't be that yeah you can't right beat like i want to i i i demanded my money back after the movie but even if they wouldn't have given it to me I feel like the popcorn, the pop, and the candy were worth at least two-thirds of that. No, so, wait, did did you really demand your money back, or are you just joking? No, I demanded my money back. Because the movie was that bad? Yes. Wow. But you watched the whole movie. Wouldn't that be someone, like, eating a, a whole meal at a restaurant and be like, this was terrible, give me my I, money back? <laughs> I kept waiting for it to get good. And it, in the defense of the movie theater, they did not give me my money back. Okay. Uh, they did offer me a discount coupon for concessions my next visit, which took it. is fine. Well, yeah. I took it, and I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's it was such a bad movie. I kept waiting for it to get good, and it just never did. I kept waiting yeah. for a redeeming quality, and there just never was. You mean Batman showing up at the end of... Uh... Venom wasn't a redeeming quality? No. I, I hear Batman had some vampire teeth with him, too. Yeah, he tra- he he trapped, he shows up and traps Venom in a fan dome. <laughs> but uh, Mark, stuck, go back stuck to you. there forever. <laughs> what did I say? Oh, I, I said to a friend of mine that uh, Manos the Hands of Fate deserves an Oscar nomination for special effects. Compared to this movie. That, wow, okay. And would you say that, that Tommy Wiseau from The Room should have been best actor? Just just because that this movie existed? <laughs> just, uh... Tommy Wiseau should win every award in the film category. I don't know what happened to his newest movie. I was really excited to see it. It looked really dumb. It was like something about Big Shark or something like that. And it was like the trailer is like him on the street. And the street floods all of a sudden. He's like, there's a big shark. And that was <laughs> I mean, like, I would have believed it was just like a skit on Seminaric had I not looked it up and seen, no, this is an actual, like, B-horror movie or whatever. Right. I, so that's, I haven't seen it yet. And so I'm contributing to its delinquency. 
But I'm incredibly disappointed that the last duel, like, didn't perform better. I saw it behind the scenes and it looked good. Like it looked, the story well, looked intriguing. I mean, it looks looks like it's well done. So I don't written, understand how it bombed. It's written by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. I don't know if maybe there just weren't enough references to Dem Apples. <laughs> yeah. Um, or what the deal was, but it just the fact that it didn't perform is sort of disappointing to me. I will see it eventually. Um. People know Ben Affleck and Matt Damon as a duo because of Goodwill Hunting. However, I mean, their careers went separate ways pretty quick, except for coming back to do fun stuff with Kevin Smith every once in a while. So it's not well, like they were really like a power team. They're like best buds, though. Like they talk they are. two or three yeah. days a week. Right. No, they are. But like that, yeah, like outside of Goodwill Hunting, what had they done together that was like the level of Goodwill Hunting? I'm going to go that several sketches at award shows <laughs> Whoa. yeah sure and then oh, no. i i think it, thin rings. what has happened <laughs> i i think i i think that the movie bombed because kylo ren's lightsaber didn't work the whole time it wasn't glowing once during the trailer yeah that's fair <laughs> miss jen we were just talking about um kyle's version of new york comic-con and that was fun and then we went on a tangent about James Bond, which you missed. But it was mostly due, in fact, well, we didn't bring this up last week, but, like, he saw James Bond. Have you been able to see James Bond yet, Miss Jen? I did. I just went and saw it, yes. And where, where would you rank it on your James Bond list, do you think? You don't have to give me an exact number, but, like, top, bottom, middle? Yeah, I mean, it's probably maybe around six or seven. Okay. And and I also I, I threw out this theory that I think people are attached to the Pierce Brosnan version of James Bond because of the N64 games like Goldeneye. I so mean, then, it is so, the best. So then we just went on about Nintendo and kicking out power wires and sa- lack of save cards and stuff. Um, and now uh, Kyle told us that he really hates the new Venom movie. So much that he watched the whole movie and then asked for his money back from a dying theater. You asked for your money back. <laughs> I did. They offered me a coupon off of future popcorn purchases. But then he lost the coupon. And, and then I lost the, the coupon. And that ends the sad tale. Which is, that's you know. There. That's on brand for me. Amanda probably has it in her purse. But <laughs> that's on brand for me. And, and. Again, it was it was just so bad, like, so bad. I mean, and and I I wonder if part of it wasn't that Friday night I watched James Bond, so I'd seen James Bond, which is one of my top four James Bond movies ever, mm-hmm. and Venom in the same weekend. I mean, you go from watching a great film to, I, I... guess that counts as a movie, um. I mean, it's October. If it if it wasn't, you know, like Hollywood's schedule is completely off, right? But like typically, you're not going to see James Bond in October. Uh, October is reserved for basically movies that they they fit a certain niche, uh, or they've been in the can for a while, uh, or they just fit like that fall Hollywood, you know, Hollywood Halloween theme. Um, 
So typically, you wouldn't have been able to see James Bond at the same time. That that was wasn't it originally a. I mean, it changed more than any movie, but wasn't it originally like almost Four Christmas years ago? Christmas Day. I think it was a Christmas Day movie. Like uh, way back. It was supposed to be out like forever and a half ago. Yeah, I was originally supposed to have it be uh, my 50th birthday party. I was inviting everybody. Like, I was renting out a huge theater, and all you guys would have been able to go. But then, you know, it moved to April, and then whatever. It just kept on moving around. So kept like, moving yeah. around. Oh, now you're all invited to my 50th birthday, which I'm going to have on my 52nd. After my 52nd birthday, we're going to go. I have to go watch some uh, Matrix. And and regardless of how bad Venom was, I mean the October releases really worked for that franchise because Venom Two has made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Well, and... it made ten percent less off future popcorn purchases. <laughs> yeah, but you lost the coupon, so so really the symbiotes <laughs> win. The symbiotes win on this one. Uh, did anyone see Halloween? Um, I watched the first ten minutes and turned it off. See, I was really wondering which is worse, Halloween or Venom 2 at the Recarnage. I, I, I will not judge. I, I watched the first 10 minutes and turned it off because I got I had something else I had to handle. Okay. Like, I had sat down to watch it, and then something came up. Um, I I might watch it Wednesday night. Um, it's either getting universally panned or universally praised. Well, it got praised for the amount of money it made, but I haven't really heard anyone say it was good. A lot of my friends who are fans of, like, super camp horror okay, are loving it because it is kind of a return to what made that franchise great. Um, that said, uh, it's going to have to be pretty awful. I mean, I just don't think there's a way it can not be awful. It just if I was gonna watch a movie like that for Halloween or just fall or whatever, I'd watch Bingo Hell on Amazon. That one's way more intriguing to me than seeing like the nineteenth Michael Myers movie. Well, but supposedly this starts the trilogy that ends them. That this is they're doing I don't know if it's a full trilogy or if it's just two movies or whatever, but that Halloween kills and then Halloween dies, whatever the next one is, is supposedly the last. But by definition, a trilogy is three movies. <laughs> no, I, I used the word trilogy. I don't know that it was actually okay. a trilogy. In my brain, it was. But hasn't Michael Myers died in every Halloween and then he just comes back? Kind of the point. I guess. I mean, no, the point would like, just be to pick a better movie to watch. I mean, we can't, look, we can't all be watching Gremlins 2. I know. I wish we could. Or, you know, The Leprechaun 4. I'm just, I'm just really glad they're making a Gremlin show. I mean, if Chucky gets the show again, good grief. Which, by the way, that was... I'm... I'm still not sure how I feel about that. That was so much fun. The show is that fun. Was so messed up. Yeah. The show. The show is fun, and it's a show, right? It's like yeah. multiple season episodes. Okay. Yeah. No, um, it was like if you like child's play. No, I hate it. I don't like dolls. They're terrifying. Okay. 
the show is a lot of fun if you like the movies. Oh, okay. Well, but it was incredibly messed up. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I saw like the name of the first episode, and it seemed like so existentialistly esoteric. I didn't know what was going on. I I got confused by just the first name of the first episode, and they did a cross promotion on WWE, and it it was really lame for lack of a better word and i looked up when they did that um back in the 90s and they had uh when he was messing with uh big papa pump's brother like live and he like took over the whole stadium and that was way better yeah i uh one of the other things i watched because planes uh was the walker texas ranger reboot yeah oh my word still better than carnage i bet Yes, still better than Carnage. Um, 100% too little Chuck Norris. It would have been really funny if you would have asked for your plane ticket uh, money back. Like after sitting through Walker, Texas Ranger on the plane ride. Nope, I watched watched the first two episodes. uh, I was like, I, I can give this a chance just because there are a number of actors in it I like. Um... But then, yeah, um, no. They probably changed the theme song, too, didn't they? Yeah, they didn't have that song, which is also disappointing. Ugh. But it actually wound up being a good first season. Um, the second season will tell if it's going to be a good show or not. Uh, I'm guessing it won't. You, you shouldn't ask for your money back. <laughs> you guys talk at all about um about the uh, DC fandom stuff that Oh, was oh did we? Oh did we? Now we're going to get to start this back up about how Kyle hate, hates that name. He hates it. <laughs> I mean, it's creative. Come on now. You can't hate on there. I I was trying thing. to pump I was trying to pump up the Batman movie because I saw the trailer and everything makes sense and it looks fantastic to me and I'm excited about Batman again and I think Robert Pattinson's going to be phenomenal and I think Catwoman looks fantastic and Riddler looks amazing and I'm excited for uh, Jim Gordon um, but Kyle doesn't watch trailers and he doesn't understand why there's not an actual dome. Right. If, if DC Fandome was a place I could visit, uh, I might be convinced to care. Okay. The the more important question is, why did Hannah put that Queen's vinyl back? Why she put it? She was fixing it. Do you want the vinyl? She she needs to just uh, pack it up and ship it to me. What? <laughs> you want the Queen vinyl? Actually, I, I have uh, I have the Queen vinyl, so hopefully okay. you'll find Wait, good. which Queen? Wait, which album was this? Was this Night at the Opera? Yeah. What is it? Greatest hits. Okay. Mark, if you don't claim it, I'm gonna... Oh, you can claim it? Go for it. I already have that one. Okay. I thought it was the... I is, that, was... is that Rami Malek on the cover? <laughs> Did you hear about what they said about him on SNL? No, I didn't. That he was kind of a nightmare to work with on SNL? Really? Because he, he's inflexible. Okay. Like, if you're going to host SNL, you've got to be ready to pivot on a dime, and he just wasn't able to do that. 
Well, some people, I mean, not uh, everyone is like an improv artist at the Groundlings or whatever. So Sure, but like I, I found that incredibly hard to believe having watched him in so many things that I think they were saying they had it. Because his roles are so varied. And they've had a lot of people that can't act on SNL. So there's got to be a lot more inflexible. You almost killed Hannah. Now he really owes me ice cream. (laughs) Yeah, I've said it before. You come down here, I'll get you the ice cream. You just have to figure out how to get down here. It might be better for you to ask Derek, uh, and he'll give you the ice cream. <laughs> I'm just like going to send JD for my gorgeous. ice cream for Brainy. What kind of ice cream are we talking about? The kind uh, you stick in your mouth, Mark. No, but like what brand? Like what, we like what brand? We decided we owed each other ice cream for something. Who knows yeah. now? <laughs> Yeah, We've had way brand? too many conversations about us owing ice cream to everybody. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really Dirk owes everyone ice cream. I think that's yeah. worse. Exactly. I think he does. He, <laughs> so at New York, he wanted us to go for ice cream. And we're staying on 37th. He wanted us to go to 108th Street. No, that's impossible. The ice cream would melt. I'm going, um, you do realize that that's like, in a different borough, right? And he goes, yeah, but it's good ice cream. I go, but the 7-Eleven is right across the street. Uh-huh. In the same borough. Uh, but again, what ice cream was it? You get, look, I, I, I understand ice cream is great, but like there's, there is a big variance between brands. Yep. So, um, I just... Uh, you know, before we run out of time, I just want to. Uh, Mark sent three things on our outline about TV. Um, why the last man being canceled is the single worst news I've heard all year. Like, why in the world would you spend all the time developing that thing and then right away it was like, well, it just right. What? Why not? Um. <laughs> and the last two things on his list, Lock and Key Season 2 and History of the World Part 2, are giving me life right now. I Lock and Key is a phenomenal comic. I just don't know if it translates the way they want it to translate. It's like I really a family-friendly. Like yeah. Yeah. Outside of Walking Dead, I don't think anything's ever... Even Walking Dead, they shifted away. But outside of that, I don't think any comic book translation to film has been as accurate as you'd want it to be the boys so far right even that's not as accurate as you'd want it to be well i don't know if anyone needs it to be as accurate as it was in the comics that's one of those cases where it's like it's probably better they toned it down a little bit what about invincible i know it's animated but what about invincibles are pretty good yeah i mean it's actually yeah i know you're not I know you're not saying it's not a good show. You're saying about translation, so. Right. I, guess an, I think the animated things have to be considered separately. Because they have more freedom to do what they want with animation, so they can get, get closer and closer to what the original right. scripts might have been. So You don't have to be so tied to human physics. Um, Stray Dogs needs to be animated. I'm just going to say that now. Yeah. No, Stray Dogs needs to be like Roger Rabbit. 
<laughs> In today's era, I'm not sure if you can pull that off. Uh, okay, original Space Jam. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it really does need to be. Well, you know, yeah, you might be right. It might work. What about Cool World? Would you accept Cool, cool World? <laughs> um, I would need more context. I don't know that I've ever seen that. Really? Okay. I mean, maybe. I just don't remember. But back but, to yes. why. Why? 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 Why would you cancel? Why? Uh, I'm I'm with that, four. It's on episode six right now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, eight. Eight just came out, I believe. Yes. I'm still on episode four. And like I've mentioned before, I think it's more about the platform than it is about the show. I wonder if it's not a money thing. I'm, I'm almost if, certain it is. Well, I no, I'm wondering is. if season one didn't cost them so much to make that they just can't make season two because of the way the contract is structured and the guarantees are and how much FX on Hulu is going to have to carry of the production cost that they just have no choice but to cancel it. Which quite possibly might be the 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 reason why they did it. Um, I mean, that's why... I mean, that's why a lot of times you see shows like The West Wing, which had become more popular in its last season than it was in season six, get canceled because the cost of production just isn't, a, isn't an equitable deal anymore when you get past a certain point. But West Wing had an eight-year run, and it, it kind of fit in with the presidency. So, you know, it, I think it ended well. No, it, it certainly did. But the reason it didn't continue with Jimmy Smith's and a new cast was that the cost of the production had become so lopsided one way to the other that the network had no choice. Which, I mean, for a show like that, that required such a large cast, mm-hmm. and they had such, you know high-profile characters in there, of course, it makes absolute sense where the cost would uh, be a big burden. But look at Big Bang, man. That thing was costing them, what, $15 million, $20 million an episode? And they were willing to continue to do another few years. Same, same thing with, with Friends, Friends, same thing with Seinfeld. Yeah. Yep. Like sitcom, just... the, sitcom the sitcom pricing model is very different, though. Yeah. Because the of the bulk, ability the, to product the, placement stuff. But the bulk is that is the actors. So yeah. once they start making a million, it's pretty much going to be over. But uh, and then as Kyle mentioned, the last thing on the TV list, uh, which is phenomenal to me, it's really sad that most of the cast of this film that's going to be turned into a Hulu TV series isn't around anymore. But uh, Mel Brooks will be writing and executive producing. History of the World Part 2, a follow-up to the 1982 film History of the World Part 1. And I didn't realize this, but... So that movie's a cult hit. It's a Mel Brooks you know, movie, so anyone who has a, a sense taste. of humor... Yeah, taste. I was going to say taste, but I was trying to be nicer than that. Sense of humor, and then it's kind of mean to say no one has a sense of humor. But anyway, um, I did not realize that movie came out the same week as Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Superman 2 came out right after that. So that's why it did not do well in the box office originally when uh, 40 years ago. Um, but it's going to be him on the writer's staff. It's going to be Wanda Sykes. It's going to be Nick Kroll. It's going to be other seasoned writers and comedians. 
the the cast has a lot to live up to. Uh, there's no Madeline Kahn or Dom DeLuise or Cloris Leachman, which makes me sad. But I think that anyone who's anyone better want to work with Mel Brooks. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So That's I'm exciting. I'm excited. I'm excited. Wasn't you thinking talking about doing a Spaceballs follow up forever? Just never did it. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure at this point, this is probably, I mean, the Spaceballs TV show would be interesting, but at, at this point, I think this gives you more flexibility. Um, you, you know, you just do like eight, probably 40 minute episodes, whatever time or event you want. And then, you know, anthology series, uh, it, everyone's going to want to work on that show as an actor, actress. So makes sense. Um, what about, uh, comics? You guys have anything to throw out there? Well, just on History of the World Part 2 real quick, I don't yeah. think that that's all that can be in the writer's room. I don't think that's going to be it. Well, they, they in fairness, they listed like eight different people. Um, right. But but those were the two that really jumped out to me uh, because Wanda Sykes and, and Nick Kroll have both had their hands in a lot of great projects over the last 10, 15 years. Um yeah, especially well, like so they've Ike both Barinholtz been on. Oh, go ahead. I mean, Ike Barinholtz, you know, co-wrote the Mindy Project with Mindy Kaling. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's a legendary writer. Kevin Salter's great. Um, David Stassen is from Mindy Project as well. But um, no, I'm what the thing that I don't see in that group other than Wanda and Kroll are stand-ups. And one of the things that always made Mel Brooks great was his work with stand-ups, especially controversial stand-ups. So I would be interested to see who he maybe brings in on the back end. You know, for Punch-Up. Yeah. As actors or, like, on screen or behind no, the screen? as writers. Like, oh, okay. you know, he, he, he always had Pr Richard Pryor read basically everything. You know, uh, he always worked with guys who had pretty edgy stand-up to add jokes. So it'll be interesting to see who he brings in to add to to add jokes. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure if you can pull off the those type of jokes anymore. But you're right. I would like to see who he gets to um, do that. It'd be very interesting because you. Like I said, you you can't you can't do jokes like that anymore, right? But I'm, what I'm wondering is, does he bring in a someone like a Pete Davidson, or um, uh, there's a number of there's a number of guys that I see on TikTok and on YouTube that are working in New York that are doing really edgy comedy that's not like controversial necessarily, but it's still fresh and edgy and new. So. Did you ever see Pete Davidson's show on HBO, uh, Crashing? That's Pete Holmes. Oh, well, I would bring Pete Holmes in then. Yeah, Pete Holmes would be great. Pete Davidson's on SNL. Oh, are you talking about... Um, he was married was he to Ariana Grande for a minute. Was he on Suicide Squad? I don't think they ever got married, man. Yes, he was in Suicide Squad. I would bring in Pete Holmes instead. <laughs> I'd bring them both in. 
Well, I, well you, you you were talking about New York edgy clubs, and there's a Pete Davidson. Uh, now you got me. There's a Pete Holmes. His show Crashing had an episode with R.D. Lang that's like the yep. most real 20 minutes oh, of yeah. television I ever seen. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. It was oh, incredible. Yeah. Like I, I didn't think I could ever have sympathy for R.D. Lang, and then I watched that, and I'm like, oh my gosh. It yep. was eye-opening. It was really great. I mean, it's a it's a scripted series, like fictional, but it, you could definitely tell that was real. So, comic book-wise, United States of Captain America, number five, I'm excited about. New character again, right? Another new character. And it's- this is the last one. We got Nubia and the Amazons coming out this week from DC Comics. That looks very interesting. Um, refrigerators full of heads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People should be aware that there are quite a few image books that are delayed by a whole week, so don't expect to see Hellcop and or and or Gunslinger spawn at your store. Is that the one where Spawn has a new hat? <laughs> And a gun. And a gun. And I'm I'm looking at this cover. It looks ridiculous. It's like a ten ten gallon hut hat. Yep, that's him. Gunslinger Spawn. He's pretty much everyone's favorite, honestly. That's the one everyone's been asking about. So. Oh, there's a black label Catwoman book. That looks interesting. Lonely City number one. Yeah, there's like three Catwoman books out this week. Oh, okay. Killer Queens three. I finally got around to reading number two. Um, so I'm very excited for Killer Queens 3. With headshotters. Sleeping Beauty 7. I might be in it. Uh, new Purgatory. Um, Marvel has a lot of Halloween specials this week. Mm-hmm. Which is a real bummer. Including a... Star Wars line, you said it's a real bummer. <laughs> Why are Halloween specials a real bummer? <laughs> Just because there's so many of them. Yeah. Like if there were a few less and there were a few, maybe, you know, I would be happier. Well, I was excited. They made a Transformers one about Starscream's ghost. So that, that to me is, that's cool. I like uh-huh. that. So I've been looking for this trade for a while. It's called short order crooks. When you want to mix your, you know, making of food together with your crime. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Who put that out? I cannot remember. I remember I was following it. And I couldn't wait for it to come out. I can't remember who made it. Um, Let me see. A book from a small publisher called Howling Snow, A Comfort Fable. What? Yeah, it's, it's actually from Comics Experience Publishing. Uh, oh, I did get it. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Because I know I'm going to sell out of that with that name. Goodness. Right. That <laughs> looks so awesome. Short Order Crooks is not on the website that I use. Here, I'll look up because I'm on Diamond. Um, so, Stud in the Blood Blade, number two, I'm super excited for. That's also CDX. You know, I was 
cautiously optimistic about CEX and I talked to some people at New York about it. And I'm I'm kind of uh, getting more and more interested and excited about it as a potential thing. I know that sounds like a weird way to put things, but it's where I'm at. Oh, it's Oni Press. No wonder. Then why is it not on this website? Uh, My Little Pony Generations is coming out. We need another My Little Pony series. <laughs> the graphic novel. I gotta look these up because I. Oh, and I, I needed, I need, I needed to ask y'all about one that was like not on my radar. I know it's not a release date. It may not even be till November. Is there a record coming? Uh, I mean, is there a comic book that comes with a record that's coming out, like a vinyl record? And how come no one told me about it? And it's probably sold out. And now I'm sad. Well, place, place from here, Matt Rosenberg. Yep. And if you want, I mean, they are reprinting the vinyl, so you, you may not be able to get the first pressing of it. Oh, that's fine. I just thought it's a really neat concept. And there's been a few uh, comics that came out that are about like records or record stores, mm-hmm. and they haven't had a record with them. So actually, um, Black Mask has actually done comic books with vinyl before. Oh, uh, I've actually got a few. Last uh, song, right? Last song had that. And uh, God Killers. God, God Killers had that as well. That. Okay. And Z2 has done, maybe not with vinyl per se, but they've done a bunch of stuff with soundtracks, downloadable soundtracks. And DC recently actually did the death metal um, mm-hmm. with vinyl in them as well. So they're, they're integrating them. I know there's a publisher that... Um, Jen and Brainy and I uh, really like um, that is potentially doing a uh, how do I put it? a record to go with a forthcoming series they have coming from a certain musical group. <laughs> so vague. Are you vague? Wow. <laughs> we know of a publisher that is going to come out with a book that has something to do about music. Yes. They may or may no, not. The book has own. nothing to do with music. Nope. Or, or, or a group, you're right, you're right. Is it My Chemical Romance? Because they already write comics. No. It's oh. about ghosts, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, is it ghost? No. no. Oh. <laughs> Mark got all excited for just I, a second. Well, all I really care about is, is it Death Cab for Cutie? Because that's my favorite no. band ever. Okay, well, I'll still be interested. but Is it hmm? really being silly? Death Cab is my favorite band. Ben Gibbard is the best lyricist of our generation. Hmm. By far and away. Oh, speaking of bands that I like, Weezer is going to be a guest at Hasbro Pulse Con. Uh, their Hasbro's virtual uh, toy fan club convention over the weekend with lots of Transformers and G.I. Joe exclusives. Uh, Ten Buck so I, says they do a cover of the G.I. Joe theme, and it's a nice. number one hit on Spotify, 30 seconds I, I wish. I hope so. Uh, I, if they were going to do a cover of something that was Hasbro-related, they'd probably do uh, the, tu- the Touch. You got the Touch, you got the power from the Transformers yeah. movie. That's fair. And it, and it would be a hit. Wait, they may have done that already. They, they might have. They probably already have. I mean, I know that song's been covered, so. Hold on, I'm what looking. Crazy, and I have to get used to from now on. Is It's like... um. 
since so many books are coming from different places, the what is coming out this week has gotten really kind of hard to follow, especially when things have gotten delayed. But I just mean for me to remember, like, I'll look at my diamond list and I'm like, well, this is not even close to all the books that we get because then you have to think about you got DC coming from one place and Marvel coming from another. And then you've got, for us, we have Source Point coming from another place and Scout. So it's like, yep. what, what releases this week? Is is there a comprehensive list anywhere anymore? I don't well, know. I, I, I can send you the link, the list of the website I use, which is, seems to be more accurate than not. But oftentimes it does get Scout and Behemoth. And some, some people on that tier are a little wrong. Well, Scout for us, both Jen and myself, is we get them before the release dates at times. Uh, mm-hmm. Same thing with Source Point. So, it, you know, it, depending on what your list says, it might not be as accurate as what ours would be. But right. I mean, and those those companies that have those those different kind of rules for direct ordering, obviously, there's no way a website can be accurate. Exactly. Um, but one of the biggest things I, and I'm sure Ms. Jen will agree with this, that we're going to anticipate demand for is that something is killing a children deluxe edition or a slipcase edition. And we, we, we really got allocated on that. And is it up on the, the orders right now? So you can see. It is uh, invoiced actually. Oh, I can, I'm going to look at my invoices and see, cause I can't remember what I ordered. I thought I ordered strongish. Um, well, we're not even getting enough to fill the sort of pre-orders since we don't we don't technically take pre-orders, but we had people tell us, "Hey, I want this," um, and we definitely will not be able to meet their demand. Well, you should recommend to those people that they buy the Marvel Masterworks Tomb of Dracula Volume One. It's a it's a little bit of a stretch, but sure. Or Ed Brubaker's <laughs> Destroy All Monsters. Oh, it's awesome. I was allocated to one copy. <laughs> well, you know, if you don't want to share it with all your customers and have them fight over it, uh, I, I can take it off of your hands. <laughs> How's that? What, would, what would I have had to have ordered to get allocated to one? Maybe um, I ordered six or something. I guess I can go see. Shoot, I think I ordered ten or maybe... I, I can't even remember. I know it was... a. Um, a decent amount. I wanted to make sure we had it for the Christmas mm-hmm. break, but it um, doesn't look like that's going to happen. Oh, this is probably a good time to give a friendly reminder to do your Christmas shopping super early at yeah. your local comic book store. Yeah. Um, like, I'm seriously, now. Yeah. This year is getting socks or an original, uh, original comic book, like, from... One of my friends who I can be like, hey, I'm coming over to your house. Just open the garage. I'm stealing some comics. Wait, you, you said you want socks or you're giving everyone no, socks? No, everyone on my list is getting socks. What kind? Are you at least like putting Whatever's available the... on Amazon. Yeah, but are, is it going to be based on their personality? Like, is it going to be character socks no. based? Oh. So this uh... is an interesting book on my pull list. It's called Veronica Revenge. So it's Veronica Publishing. They only ever publish at Halloween, and they're usually, um, how do I put this? Uh, they're kind of like a low rent Zenoscope. Ah. Uh, but their books are always like super fun because they're 
just they try so hard. Yeah, I'm just I'm I, it's in my poll, which is very interesting. Uh, I'm surprised. Um, there must have been something in the and, solicit that caught my eye on there. Well, and sometimes they manage to pull really good names to write them. <laughs> Let me look. I'm sure it's in mine as well. But like Miss Jen, we you know it's it's getting harder and harder to figure out what's coming out, what's not, not until Wednesday, until we get everything into our point of sale system and we can actually look at it all as one, as opposed to you know seven or eight different invoices at the same time. Oh yeah, it's exceptionally weird when um I'll I'll have an interview with somebody and they'll say you know like they're like all oh, my book releases this week and I'm thinking to myself oh I've had that on the rack for like three weeks now. <laughs> right. Um, wait, Glenn Danzig my... wrote that book. Yeah, it was art by Simon Bisley. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why I put it in there. We'll see. The cover looks cool. Danzig owns the company. Verotic. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I, I usually don't go for. Well, I do go for the obscure stuff, but I'm just surprised that something like that got pulled in. So there must have been something really interesting about it that said, "Hey, you need to check this out." Other than that, it was written by Glenn Danzig. <laughs> that's, that's enough. I love that there's a price adjust, adjustment on this invoice for one percent. Of the Marvel books that I ordered. <laughs> I mean, it's $8. I'll take that credit. <laughs> That's almost a whole trip to Culver's, man. We don't have one. The Culver's here closed. You should get one. Uh, it was it was on a really good spot, but uh, apparently the owner told the management like hey you need to do some on-site updates to your building and they're like nah and then now it just sits there and it's empty but it was crowded all the time they have great ice cream there um <gasps> i've the become vault. obsessed mm -hmm. there's a vault original graphic novel that's coming out called unfinished corner it's on my list i don't I think I just added it because it's a Vault OGN. Yeah. I don't I don't actually know anything about it. I think I just ordered it. This Jewish mythology has it that when God created the universe, he left one corner of it unfinished. Opinion is divided on why, but everyone agrees that the unfinished corner is a dangerous place full of monsters. So by a 12-year-old named Miriam who neither knows nor cares about the unfinished corner, she's too busy preparing for a bat mitzvah. Mitzvah. All right. I love the idea. What was it called again? The Unfinished Corner. You'll appreciate this, Jen. We had a fill-in pastor at church yesterday, and he's one of these old-school kind of Bible thumper, you know, uh, you know, rah rah sis boom ba kind of preachers. Well, you can't sleep through their sermon. I love it. Uh, you can if you're as tired as I am, but, um, oh. <laughs> he comes and he starts talking to this, like, she's 17 years old, she's running sound, 
about, you know, like this obscure scripture. And you can tell she has, she wants nothing to do with this guy. She just wants to get through it. So I go up and I go, hey, hey, Reverend, uh, you know what I like to think about when I'm getting ready for uh, service? And he goes, what? I go, we haven't charged the batteries in your microphone pack in a week. Uh, so pray that that story about the Maccabees and their oil lasting for eight days that got us Hanukkah is true of batteries in 2021. Uh, he did not know what to do with that. So if you ever <laughs> want to get an old Bible thumper preacher to stop talking, bring up Judaism, apparently. Oh, no. He did give a very good message, but, like, I was so exhausted I had to fight to stay awake. So. All right. Anything else we need to talk about? I don't think so. Yeah, YouTube needs Just, to stop uh, blocking my videos. What, why did they block your videos now? Uh, apparently, the, I had a I had a song on there that um, cannot be played in the United States. So yeah. DCMA. <laughs> yeah. I I, 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 so got, I have to tell you my story about winning with Sony the other day, Brainy. You want to do it here right now, or one of the one of the one of the performances we streamed live for PoFest was a band called the Embalmers, uh, which is a surf rock band. They played, it's a song from a Tarantino movie, which is nondescript enough because surf rock and Tarantino movies happens in every one of them. Uh, but they played it so perfectly, Sony thought it was the recording. So I had to submit to them a clip of the actual band playing it and be like, look, see, played by a band, not your recording. And they had to be like, our bad. <laughs> I think I sent you one of uh, where Warner Brothers actually released uh, copyrights, and you know, I'm just like, I, I understand it. I understand what they're trying to do, but I'm not sitting here trying to make multi-million dollars off of uh, using their copyright right. stuff. You know, like the, the stuff they blocked was for a, a student project. So I'm like, DCMA <laughs> is a really weird law, and if you want to know how weird, just remember. Metallica played a live show and they <laughs> muted the audio and replaced it with classical music because of the DCMA laws. Yeah. And for, for those that don't understand why that's so important is because Metallica was the front runner. It's, it's, Lars Al, it's the Lars Ulrich law. <laughs> the DCMA Iron sounds law. like a comic that's coming from Scout Comics or something. <coughs> No, it sounds like a DC's new mature audience is only line. Yeah. <laughs> but also, doesn't Metallica get everything that's coming to them because of the whole Napster deal? This is what we're talking about. <laughs> like, Oh, well. I'm still a Metallica fan. I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm in fact, I placed an You order. must not have heard Load or Reload. Uh, or I the album. Black album. Actually, no, I did, I did, I did listen to them. I, but still, you know, I, I think the, the, yeah they did go downhill after the black album. Uh, that was their their peak, I guess. I just remember going to a midnight release for Reload at Hastings. So now that I've dated myself, uh, thank <laughs> you guys for being on this incredible journey of nerd news now and all of our ramblings. And thank you for listening along, uh, Miss Jen, Brainy, and Kyle. Once again, thank you, and thank you for listening and. 
watching Nerd News Now, part of the Kingdom of Geekdom on Woodlands Online, sponsored by the Adventure Begins Comics and Games and Space Cadets Collection Collection. Check out their other shows like Music Cafe, The Adventure Begins Show, Woodlands House and Home, The Best You, Between the Trees Business Talk, and much more. You can watch all these on Woodlands Online and our partner station, KBQTHD21, over the air on your television. All these shows and more on Roku. Search and add Woodlands Online TV to your streaming lineup, and you can listen to the podcast version of our show and some of those shows by going to Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. We'll see you next time on Nerd News Now.